I'm so excited. What are we doing? This is Mystery Cheese. I'm Leslie. Hi, I'm Dot. We went and toured the Screen Novelty Stop Motion Animation Studio in Echo Park off of Temple. Make a ride at the Giraffe. Yes, it's near uh, El Prado and Tribal Cafe. What are you excited about this week? Oh, uh, yeah. So I'm excited about being at my halfway point through my Whole30 diet. I decided to... Uh, take on the challenge with my friend Bevan, who you're going to meet. She will be our guest on our next episode, one of our next episodes. Yeah, absolutely, because she's a, she is a, a listener-pitched field trip that we just went on. Yeah, a long-time listener. Yeah, so she first said she's she, a <laughs> first-time field tripper, and now I'm giving her an honorable mention. Um, yeah, so she was raving about it so I thought I would take it on um I like that you did it in February too like January you're like listen yeah. like it's it's already post party let down enough we I wasn't ready to- I wasn't ready to you know start over start new but this nutritional reset I had to like kind of I think I spent the entire month of January preparing myself mentally for no eating lots of candy <laughs> yeah <laughs> lots of candy lots of wine pizza I just you know burnt out on it and and then went straight to fruit and vegetables and meat. <laughs> so you're feeling good eating real food? Feel great. Been sleeping like a baby. But uh, one interesting fact that apparently around this time, because I was reading different like, okay, this is what you're going to feel during week one, week two. So after week one, you have the carb flu, what they call it. So you're super run down. You feel sick. You're really tired, adjusting, whatever. So after like week two, probably your halfway point, you start to have dreams where you mess up and you like take a bite of cake or something and you feel really guilty did that happen to you yes and I didn't know it happened to me a couple times and I was like I drank a beer in my dream and I don't even drink beer in real life (laughs) that often but I remember waking up and being like oh my god why did I do that I felt I was like I have to start over yeah because they make you start over so that's why it's the fears that you're gonna make and it happened to me a couple times and I was like that's so weird but yeah apparently it's a common thing and it's like about having like a a healthy relationship with your food psychologically as well I don't think that's what that means I don't know (laughs) I don't know what that means whatever dreaming about messing up is not a healthy relationship I don't think so well I also had a dream about a pink cow so whatever that means I didn't eat it but <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's allowed I had a dream that I told someone they were a jerk and that their newsletter sucked and I don't know who this person is or what the newsletter was about <laughs> <laughs> did you wake up screaming at I woke up right after and I was like wow like I was really passionate I think I, I told this this is not interesting. It's a dream. We were not going to go any further. But yeah, I, I told him that his newsletter sucked. <laughs> I love hearing about dreams. Well, it's also you probably meant like might have read something in real life and kept it in your subconscious. I must have. Just like you see people on a bus like in passing and that face will be in your dreams later. Yeah, it was. Um, no, I was just like, I, 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 was, I was like, Benjamin Choi. Like, I don't even know a Benjamin Choi. And that's who it was. I'm like, you're, you're a jerk. Well, and apparently you do, Leslie. And we will find I, this Benjamin. I had told Benjamin. him something that he included in the newsletter that was like just between us. So I was like, okay, well, one, like you're a jerk for doing that. And two, your newsletter sucks. So maybe you should be a better writer before you send it out. <laughs> and, 
<laughs> and it was like something about like a friend of mine. So I was also sort of defending, de- like defending this friend. Oh, right. So yeah. It's a very visceral dream. And I have no idea why I had that. <laughs> You're just like getting yourself all pumped up. That's great. I'm like fighting. Well, better. Yeah. Better to wake up like pumped than guilty. <laughs> I was like, well, what? the thing I'm excited about this week is that I no longer have the flu. And I actually have not remembered yeah. any of my dreams in like 10 days because I've been so sick that I just have been completely conked out. So we've both been sleeping so, that baby. So maybe yelling about <laughs> newsletters is a sign that I am, um, I'm overcoming the flu. That's great. That is something to be very excited yeah, about. Yeah, the flu this year, like honestly, I was like, oh, no wonder people die. Like this <laughs> this feels terrible. Yeah. Oh my. Well, I'm glad you're alive and kicking. <laughs> yeah, that's why we had no episode last week. Sorry, dudes. Um, flu out of commission. Yeah, we Good. canceled our last recording session and I just didn't know when I was ever going to be well. So <laughs> Yeah, well, but that would have been when I had my carb flu. So we would have been two very unhappy oh, flu. It would have been miserable. Flu cheeses. It would have been another one that we have to throw away. Yeah. <laughs> Not this time. So we uh, we went on this incredible field trip and it was really special. It's something that um, producer Nicole arranged for us because there is a stop motion animation studio called Screen Novelties. Mm-hmm. And it's very intriguing, this building, because they have this incredible um, hi-fi deli sign, which is a giraffe. And then his he's all neon. And then his neck used to say something, but they uh, replaced it with an x-ray of a vertebrae. And yeah, it's so it's like intriguing. A neon sign. Yeah, it's so cool. I had no idea there was even a little studio space in there. Yeah, the story behind that is that you'll see when we go next door, it's like three storefronts that we use. The middle store was called the Hi-Fi Deli, and it was like a deli liquor store. It was circus-themed. And, um, and the local, yeah, so the giraffe, but the local Latino gang that still exists is called the Big Top Locos. Like, if you ever see BTLS tagged, mm-hmm. we get tagged all the time. Uh, that was their hangout, so. They were a circus-themed. Circus-themed. That's Well, I love them teaching us about the hi-fi deli sign because I had always had a lot of questions about that. So that may have been like the mystery unraveled of the whole thing. I didn't even know it was a deli. So the fact that they like unraveled it even bigger secret was mind blowing to me, but I'm easily mind blown. (laughs) Well, I've been really fixated on that spot because I am... I'm very tall, so I have always really... Um, Related to the giraffe. To the giraffe. I sure. also have freckles like giraffes. Yeah. So I, I, when I was in my early 20s, lived in a storefront in downtown LA. So when I used to drive past there, I'm like, that's where I'm moving to next. It's a sign. It says me on it. I have to live in this building. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously that doesn't happen and I live indoors now. Like not not like the camping experience of my, my youth. So um, I'm glad to have been inside and that that there's there's good stuff going on even if I don't get to live there yeah no definitely that's a good way of looking at it we met Robin who does a lot of puppetry for them and she was building some things for the magic flute oh yeah it was like a little elf workshop it was like all magic I love it because it all felt like workshops to me like people crafty work yeah they have a lot of and they save everything because you never know when you might need it for yeah something like else. scraps of all all sorts of things and then Puppets we learned are little they wear little yeah, outfits exactly like we learned everything was like very small and detailed and they used everything for everything well, and also surprising like there was a, a piece of art in the window that we were staring at before we walked in and yeah, it had telephone it. lines and then the little bits on the top of the telephone poles were just thumbtacks but it looked like those I know it's so genius because it's always like yeah did you have a dollhouse growing up 
Oh yeah, yeah. So I was just always obsessed with everything miniature. But How now, you, I'm like, why do you think I'm a decorator? I played with my dollhouse till I was like twelve or thirteen years old. You're like I live in a dollhouse but I now. I, I do. <laughs> you but do. I didn't play with dolls. I redecorated my dollhouse. Yeah. No, everything miniature. And now, you just imagine if I would have like known the knowledge of, I could have made like everything out of toothpicks and pushpins. Buttons. I, it was really fun too to to spot the things like when we when we did go further in and we were looking at some of the sets that that there's so many um, reused common everyday items that were stand-ins for the miniature version I and there was that. something so fun about being able to spot that it's not about trying to trick you it's about trying to change your perspective on yeah but art. you look at that like piece of art and you're not like all of a sudden like oh well that's a push pin this isn't real like you know you don't like your mind doesn't focus just on that you're kind of like all over. In the whole experience, well, it's almost like your eyes are adjusting to the dark, where you start to see exactly. You're it's like in such it's a real. different context. I was really inspired. I mean, Robin is incredible. She made that that huge tree puppet that's at Bob Baker, and then she yeah. was telling us that it was something that they made for their Halloween trick or treating in their neighborhood, which is incredible. Oh yeah, she's like, we pull it out in the I don't know our house every she's so about being amazing. So, Robin, I need to find out where you live because I'm yeah. coming over for Halloween. <laughs> I just feel like Nothing people creepy. who make puppets must be the happiest people on the planet. They are a special breed. I mean, and she was so happy. I, I so would. happy and so incredible because throughout the tour, he kept being like, oh, well, Robin knows how to do that. Robin knows how to do that. So I think she's like the Girl Scoutiest Girl Scout that has ever Girl Scouted. <laughs> Is she she's, magic? She might be magic. She's yeah, puppet magic. very capable. Does that Keep clock going. work? No, it doesn't. This was from, there was a show called Chowder on Cartoon Network for a while, and they had us do a bunch of insert, like, puppet and stop motion things. So these are the characters, but there was, like, a little cuckoo clock gag. <laughs> we, but actually, we, Robin was talking about, and she could totally do it, about, like, making it a working clock, like, mm -hmm. an embedding a Is there anything she can't do? Um, not really. <laughs> I just haven't found it yet. Some of the stop motion is sort of a form of puppetry, which I I, it, I don't know why it hadn't occurred to me, but it just... She was working on a goat head. Oh, yeah. for Yeah. It was in a it's whole, for the magic flute. And a whole horse, too. Yeah. So and she her, showed us the head, and then it was, like, connected her, to a bunch of um, poles. Yeah. And it so was the, all, that like, was like kind of, like, the skeleton and, of its body. So it's, like, another example of, like, just a normal, everyday thing that she used to incorporate in a puppet that you would not really thing to use and she also said that she was sort of designing for the back of the house which is something that was interesting to you because it must be so different than doing stop motion because stop motion is about the camera and being close and so she wanted to make sure that her dying dragon looked amazing from the back of the house which i thought was fantastic well, one question you did ask about. all of them really that i really appreciated was what if there was beef between puppets and marionettes <laughs> well, I have, I didn't know. So I have one of my and stop motion. Well, puppet. one of my clients is a is a puppeteer, and he and he and his identical twin brother have the a swazzle this um, this puppeteering company, and it's all Jim Henson style puppets where it's like a puppet that goes over your head and, and that that style of puppetry and I had mentioned something about Bob Baker and he was kind of like uh which made <laughs> me think that maybe there was something between Ooh. the two styles that there was beef yeah I asked a lot of amazing questions that I was, was good I was, really I was like <laughs> actually yeah I would love to know <laughs> and she just laughed and they, they well know. it's also like because someone will come in and be like oh they're all just puppets they're all the same people are like actually that's a marionette <laughs> well, very different like, when you then don't a know, Muppet. Like, this is so cool. And then it turns out there's this subculture and there's a specific hierarchy that you would never know. 
The thing I, I, I loved most about that first room and about seeing all the supplies and where the magic happens. And it's so I, I love seeing people's workspaces. Process mm-hmm. is always really fascinating to me. But I learned that there is something called a glitter hopper. <laughs> And it just shoots glitter everywhere. Oh, yeah. They were like that giant glitter gun. We were like, oh, my gosh. That could be like the best and worst thing ever. We never got to see it. But in my mind's eye, it looks like a flower sifter, like an old metal flower sifter, except that it sprays glitter everywhere. I kind of thought of it like as over your shoulder bazooka gun. (laughs) Like Like a super soaker. Oh, my God. Yeah. But it's just like a huge like confetti explosion of glitter all over your skin and your face and it never comes off and we went upstairs we saw the fabric bins this is where the costuming happens which is separate because it's like fabric and they want to keep it clean and their their collection of glitter was bonkers and yeah we collection got to meet spray paint bonkers we got to meet their puppet from spongebob the pirate the pirate yes and then he was up there with the, the costuming and it was also fascinating because um he was saying that the hands he had a couple different sets of hands so that they could be interchangeable with different things that he's doing and mm-hmm. that they were um 3d printed and oh then, yeah 3d printers 3D are printed, so cool but then they had to go back in because the 3d printing feels too mechanical and mm-hmm. then add texture over it but it's like the 3d printing is a great tool for making some of the parts of it Sometimes we use like a texture paste putty to get a little, because the stuff when we 3D print, so the, the head and the hands, yeah, it's it's a resin mm-hmm. and it has kind of, and then you sand it down, but it has a very smooth um, yeah. kind of soulless texture. So we always like to kind of add texture and a handmade finish back in. Um, what is that called what you, that you add on top? Texture, uh, texture paste, texture paste, or texture putty, or sometimes you can just do it with paint. You just stipple the paint; and it leaves a little bit of a kind of a texture. Because when it's too smooth and shiny, it like it glares in the light. So it's nice to have a little bit of um, roughness. There's so much that's very like hand done with what they do, but they're not afraid to use technology as well. And in the same with the question about uh, marionettes versus puppetry, it's like Robin was pretty like nonplussed about the whole thing. She was just like, yeah, just whatever you need, like whatever works, like some things and marionettes make more sense. Yeah. It depends on what the the end use is. So, right. This goat has going to have a skeleton that's going to be giant. (laughs) I think there's going to be actors in it, too. Yeah. No, I like her motto. All of the fabric and glitter and paint and costuming is in is in one workshop altogether. And then in the second workshop, they had like more like the dirty things like mm-hmm. like the, there's a whole wood shop for for making things because they have to make all the sets themselves. And yep. it's not like you can film in reality because it's like most of this is very small. <laughs> yeah. And we asked if they keep a lot of their stuff and they're like, we don't have the room or space to. So they well, and some of the clients like the SpongeBob stuff all went to Nickelodeon except for the puppet they kept. And mm-hmm. so they keep they keep bits and bobs of things that are special to them but it would they, be so hard for me to let go because you spend so much time and detail on one little we're also total hoarders like i know just, i was like wait no this glitter piece i need it because it's a memory you and i have traded a fabric stashes back and forth <laughs> and neither of us have done anything with them because we have problems <laughs> so i don't think we should we get have into dreams s- we have dreams we have goals oh, we, we do have <laughs> dreams that's true and when we get that stuff sewn up it's going to be so satisfying i know yeah you'll see um, what was the most surprising thing that you learned on the trip? Um, well, besides how miniature and small and wonderful and enchanting the sets were, uh, just their process of filming was, I mean, it takes forever. Every little like, painstaking. well, hence stop motion. But like, you know, <laughs> I was just like, 
they should, were talking about a short that they were creating and then they showed us a clip of it and they were like, oh yeah, that was like months of work. And it was just like, what, it was like a second or like, I don't know, maybe not that dramatic but it was it's the the passion and the the attention you to have detail. to have so much and they patience. also they had a this, they had the set so they're working on a, a witch doctor film and the mm-hmm. witch doctor is their sort of logo and they have a couple different we can't show any pictures because we we promised them we wouldn't we wouldn't spoil it i know and it's so pretty though it's so pretty i want to show you but once it's done it's going to be really exciting Amazing, for everyone yeah but that they had a couple different scales so they had a couple different scales of the characters they had a couple different scales of the sets that they were filming mm-hmm. for for different uses, which I I had no idea how stop motion worked or how you would do any of it. I mean, frankly, it was all to this day still to me magic. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. And for an example of one of the little like household items they used for that set was um, fish rocks from aquariums. Oh, and they like make, melded make them like... together and just like painted over it, so it gave it such a good texture. And then they had the black sand on the beach that was so pretty. Yeah. And... We can we can do little hints of what it kind of looks like, but yeah, it's <laughs> it well, it's a so witch doctor. Cool. It's a little tiki, okay? Yeah, it's we a little tiki, and they have a blowfish that was really cool. But it was magic. I mean, it was so cool seeing what they were doing. I was giddy. I was. I I'm, feel so lucky that they they let us. I know when they showed us a clip, I felt really special. I felt very yeah. VIP. We got to see a little clip, and um, the the witch doctor is athletic. <laughs> yeah. So there's the witch doctor up there. You can see that's the puppet, and he's on his um, little flying rig. So how does that rig work? Basically, um, it has little joints, little ball and socket joints that let you kind of pose it, and then these wind up and down. Okay. So rigging's its own specialty. We've got all kinds of different components, but um, one of the challenges with stop motion, if like a character, unlike CG, if you want a character to jump or fly, you can just do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're fighting gravity. So anytime a character like jumps up, that he has to be on a rig, and then that has to get painted out in the computer. Mm-hmm. And so he's sort of their logo, and I found it so fascinating to for them to talk about that the it's just it's just a character, and one of the partners um, has just always sketches and somehow this particular character just got stuck in his imagination and he was sort of like oh what if this character did this what if this character did that so it sort of had this inner life yeah and I loved that the the witch doctor lives in the minds of the three of them I love that the I mean I just it that it continues like it has a life of its own but yeah in, and this their- is their side project so it's kind of like not they're not getting paid for this it's kind of it's like their passion. labor of love and, and it's it's, it's to, they're all really excited to about to bring it. this story to life that's been yeah. living in their heads for a decade which I found so charming and so fascinating so and we got to see them like kind of in their the middle magic. of their yeah their little baby and I thought it was really cool that all of them, the three of them, said that they've been making films since they were like nine. When I made movies when I was a kid, I would just go to the library and check out records, sound effects records, and edit things together into a story of disparate things, and then just make a movie based on those sounds. And then how did you make a movie? Did you have a camera? Yeah, I had a Super 8 camera. And were you doing stop motion then as well? Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. And, he, and then he was funny because he's like, oh, they, they was, it wasn't any good. It's like, you were nine. I'm sure it was amazing. I know. I was like, I'd like to see. And he's like, like oh, that was garbage. <laughs> I was like, like no. not good for 40 or like not good for nine. Yeah. Because I feel like anything so in nine old is fine. Yeah. I'd be, I don't know. Well, I don't, we were making dollhouse furniture. Who knows? 
I did redecorate my dollhouse several times. Oh, I got in trouble because I stole a bunch of, well, I mean, I took too many paint uh, wallpaper samples from like a Home Depot when I was a kid. My mom was like, you stop. Like you can't have it. And so <laughs> she hoarding got, them from well, a like young the age. next week. I re-wallpapered the bathroom of my dollhouse. And my mom was like, I'm mad at you because I told you not to take those, but you matched the pattern really well. So that was kind of cool. <laughs> She's like, I am impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed, but also I told you not to do that. <laughs> like, Don't do it again. I'm like, Barbie needed wallpaper. Oh, that's impressive. Let's see. I don't it was know. really cute. What it was um, these with. little bows that, that connected into a trellis mm. and the scale was perfect for her bathroom. I want to see a picture. I will find it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I made a uh, miniature sleeping bags for my, my little ponies. <gasps> <laughs> they all had very, they all had camp. I made them go to camp and I made them all sleeping bags. <laughs> well, that's gotta be complicated to make a bag that fits a pony. Cause they're kind of funny. Shapes. They were just like felt pockets. <laughs> <laughs> It's, they had sleepaway camp, so they obviously needed sleeping bags. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, I mean, some of the ponies shared because it was cold. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. What kids come up with? I don't know. Why would I go to My Little Pony camp? Yeah. So I was sewing at a young age, and you were interior decorating at a young age, and they were stop motioning. I I think, and this is something that is um, come across a few different times. This is my client that. Um, that is a puppeteer. He and his, his um, brother have never had real jobs. They started puppeteering in junior high, doing birthday parties and stuff. And I think that for people that are in these really sort of passion fields, they they find it young because you can't go to school and learn how to do things. You either have these impulses or you don't. Like you can get better and you can you know you can definitely refine your craft. But truly passionate people, I think they I think they find they find their way to these these places really young. Yeah. And I just, I loved that. And I loved hearing, I just loved hearing the process. I, process is endlessly interesting. And um, I feel really lucky. <laughs> well, also, because I don't know a lot about stop motion. I know in nothing general. about stop yeah. motion. It's like, take me through that whole process. I, I mean, I knew it took a long time, but like, I remember, well, Team America, the um, South Park people's movie, he was saying that they had puppets from that movie. To show yeah, us. well, that was a that was. But they a, were marionettes. They're marionettes, and it was a puppet live action. It was like live. It was filmed live action. I actually did visit the set of that because I um, the designer that I was um, an assistant to was doing Matt Stone's house at the time. So I got to go on set for Team America and show him fabric samples. And it was in That's this so huge cool. warehouse. So it was like I was there when they were shooting the the Paris scenes. So it was probably a hundred feet by a hundred feet, tiny little. <laughs> version in this giant warehouse of everything nature just gets me all giddy <laughs> well and then they had all the puppets in these big um wooden boxes that were being wheeled by and the little poodle puppet was the size of a fist but it still <laughs> had all the strings and things that the larger puppets had <laughs> <laughs> that's cute i don't know how animation would be so fast but i have heard that they like deliver things like 15 minutes before it goes to air like they're they're always like busting busting till like the very last mm -hmm. minute um, and then with live action, it's like you can just reshoot it a few times. So I guess with puppets, it's just there's just more to it. Yeah. You can't control them. Puppets or are out you? of control. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on a bumper sticker. What was your favorite character um, or puppet that you saw on the tour? Because they had quite a few things in their personal collection upstairs, too, that weren't necessarily things oh, they were the working upstairs? on. Oh, upstairs? I was thinking of the blowfish, but that was part of their little short. Oh, the blowfish is so fine. Yeah, I don't want to give away the made out of a real blowfish little m mask or whatever little. It was actual real blowfish that they put little webbed feet and giant adorable eyes on. He's really sweet. That they're making into like a monster. 
Because he was bigger than the entire set, right? But he was a sweet monster. He, he was, was a sweet he monster. Was just a, he was a boo-boo. <laughs> um, what about yours upstairs? There's a lot. There's a lot to see. Yeah. I also liked the glass that was um, right when you came up the stairs. There I was, was going to say that. Horse. So there's some Haley Mills movie that I've never even heard of that was also like a puppety thing. Uh-huh. And it was, oh, no, you were talking about the horse thing. Sorry. I oh, it's okay. Go off. for it. But there <laughs> Take was, it away. They had a, like a really special um, puppet, pair of puppets that were behind glass and behind fabric. And we peeked and we saw. And there's some Haley Mills puppet oh, yeah. movie that I had no idea. And, of course, I loved all of those Disney Haley Haley. Mills movies during mm-hmm. you know my childhood and it was um like a like a witch and a mermaid and the mermaid looked exactly like Haley Mills so I still need to figure out what movie that is so we can watch it this is cool I don't know if you guys are familiar with Rankin Bass who did the original Rudolph yes stuff. Yeah. these are from one, oh a film gosh. called um, The Daydreamer and it was a feature film it's a cool film not that many people have seen it. It's a combination of live action and stop motion, but this is Haley Mills and um, Looks like you her. can tell and Tallulah Bankhead. This is actually, oh, wow. that was her last role, the voice of this. <laughs> I like that the fabric was on top of the glass. I was like, why are they sleeping? And he's like, no, it's from Sun Damage. I was like, oh. <laughs> I thought it was it's some, a like, certain mystical. type of foam puppet, so they're sort of delicate. Yeah. And- Hence than the glass case. But their office is so cool. Like it's just like a cool hangout zone. Just like with yeah. cool stuff. A little cool man cave desk. upstairs that was all tiki. And they he showed us the grand finale from Knott's Berry Farm that they got. Calliope, which is also <laughs> a word I'd never heard before. It's fun to say though. And it's like an electric Calliope. powered organ, essentially. Yeah, it was so intense. He turned it on and I thought that sound that he turned on was the actual Calliope because it was so loud. It sounded like vacuum tubes. <laughs> yeah, or something. I was like, well, that isn't impressive. This is the kind of field trip that um, occasionally they're too busy for this to be open to everyone. So this is just we're we're bragging. This is a bragging episode. Yeah, they you have. Can't go. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're they're just too busy to do tours. And I said, oh, you should do like a tour a month. And they're all like, oh no, we couldn't do that. I'm like, well, what about quarterly tours? Because everyone should be able to see how amazing you guys are. Yeah. Um, they have done a few things with Atlas Obscura where they'll they'll bring a tour of you know of 25 people through um, yeah their website has also some pictures and images of things that they've worked on and it just it was so it just it was really special and it, i feel mm-hmm. um so we grateful. can be your guide we are your eyes we're we're your your i guess ears but not really uh you're the ears we're the mouth <laughs> <laughs> wait this is getting complicated uh, we're gonna quit while we're ahead on this one yeah. um but <gasps> I, I just want to thank mark and chris and seamus for bringing us in and taking the time to to show us the magic that they're making because it was it was really special and it yeah, was thanks, um, I'm really guys. thankful so inspiring yeah i felt very special very vip now i know a little bit more about stop motion and i'm inspired to make my own little miniature set 
out of push pins and toothpicks. I'm inspired to get a glitter hopper and oh my um, smite my energy, my enemies with glitter. <laughs> you went for a vindictive goal. <laughs> well, glitter is a gift that never stops giving. I know. Like you would really mess someone up with a glitter hopper. Maybe you could find Benjamin Joy <laughs> and glitter him. <laughs> my sworn enemy of my dream from last night. With his stupid newsletter. Yeah. Yeah. Right about this Benjamin Joy. <laughs> Uh, sounds good mysterycheese.com or check us out on instagram mystery underscore cheese bye bye